Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Productivity Show. Tan and I will be talking about the differences between rituals and habits. And at the end of today's episode, I will be making a special announcement about some prize giveaways to celebrate the Productivity Show reaching over 1 million downloads. So thank you everyone for listening and stay tuned at the end to find out who won. Well, Tan, you said you got up a little bit later. How how are your rituals even though you got up later? Well, just because I got up later doesn't mean I skipped my rituals. You know, it's like one of those uh, things that are non-negotiable. So I still did my morning ritual and, and all that stuff, uh, meditation and all these other things to get myself ready for the day. So it doesn't really matter what time I wake up usually, but uh, it's it's just one of those weird things where, where when you do wake up later in the day, it kind of affects everything else. It's sort of this snowball effect. Where, okay, instead of waking up at six, you wake up at 10, like I did this morning. Oh, wow. And you're just like, you're just like, whoa, what happened there? So I guess it was just uh, sleep deprivation, I guess. Yeah, I think it was a combo of not sleeping enough and your first ever sunburn from Barbados. (laughs) I think that uh, contributed a lot. And also just when I was on that trip, I didn't actually, I mean, I slept the same amount of hours every day but my trip on the way there was pretty much running on three hours of sleep and and getting there so i guess it was just a sort of a delay of like okay your body needs to catch up on sleep let's do that um but don't sacrifice anything else just catch up on your sleep you were one of the first people who told me about sleep debt and how it actually can accumulate over the years and i've never really that that idea has never left me i was like oh man I really did not sleep well in high school and college. I wonder if I, I need to make up for that at some point. Yeah, I, I think you will at some point. Um, you're pretty good already, right? With like getting enough sleep most of the time? Yeah, I struggle occasionally, but having good morning and evening rituals is actually the thing that made it so I don't struggle as much anymore. But every once in a while when I forget to you know, be as diligent about it, maybe go on a trip like you just went on, it creeps back in. But yeah, for the most part right now, I get enough sleep as long as I don't drink coffee past two or three o'clock and then I'm good to go. Random question. So we sort of like talk about evening rituals all the time, right? On the blog and on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But what's like the mainstream word for evening ritual? Mm, Bedtime routine? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Because I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, okay, you know, obviously we didn't invent the evening ritual. We just perfected it. But (laughs) I was wondering, okay, what what does my mom use? Like, what does she say? Or what does the average person say on the street that prepares sort of their night to get ready for the next day? But yeah, bedtime bedtime routine kind of makes sense. Yeah, I've been so indoctrinated in evening ritual. I haven't even thought of that term in a while. So maybe that's why. Well, that's what we want to be talking about today, right? Which is the differences between these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So I've been given this a lot of thoughts because I get a lot of emails from people saying, hey, uh, you know, I love the idea of rituals. Well, what is the difference between a habit and a ritual? And 
I gave it some thought and I, I recently wrote a uh, blog post about this and it's actually relatively simple, but uh, there's like three ways you can look at it. One is, I think the first one is when you think of a habit, you think of a singular focused thing. It's like one thing that you do over and over and over and over again, right? Whereas a, whereas a ritual can encompass multiple habits at the same time while achieving a certain outcome. So I think that's like the main difference in my head. So for example, as par- as part of your sort of like morning routine, quote unquote, you can have flossing as one of your habits, right? Like as you wake up, you floss your teeth and that can be a habit that you might want to pick up. But it's all part of a morning routine, which is kind of a bigger super habit, if you can call it that. That's essentially what we call a morning ritual, right? A morning ritual can contain multiple habits such as flossing, drinking water, stuff like that, that will achieve a certain outcome, which is feeling ready to start working. And so I think that's like the main difference between a habit and a ritual is that really habits are just focused on one thing. And a ritual is more focused on achieving a certain outcome that usually can mean having multiple habits in in one sort of like sequence. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Except for it seems like if you have flossing in the morning, you gave those germs a head start. They had all night to eat away at your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could also floss twice a day. So that kind of helps with that. All right. I got gotcha. you. Your, your evening ritual and your morning. <laughs> but then it also depends like the age old question. Should you brush your teeth before or after breakfast? Mm. I always brush my teeth right when I get up. I It's something I drink a bunch of water and then I brush my teeth. I don't know why there's maybe because I probably sleep with my mouth open a little bit and it just feels all gunky and weird. So, okay. Then what do you do then when you go to sleep? Doesn't that mean that you already brush your teeth? Yeah, technically, I guess I got something in my mouth that decides to grow all night because I I wake up with like a film over my teeth and, uh, and actually that's probably, the thing behind it. I remember in Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, where he talks about individual habits, a trigger is something that gets you to start a routine, which gives you a certain reward or feeling of, uh, of accomplishment or just some sensation that makes you want to do something over and over again, because that reward triggers a craving. Uh, and the film on your teeth is actually an example he gives in the book as a trigger to do the routine, which is to brush your teeth to get the reward of, you know, feeling minty fresh. And they actually changed the recipe of toothpaste to give you that, that sort of that minty fresh feeling. So you crave to do it a little bit more. So I, I brush my teeth four or five times a day, just whenever I, I don't know, I kind of feel a little bit of a buildup, I'll just brush my teeth. So uh, I guess that's why I do it. So that one's, it's not necessarily, I even in my written ritual list, which is a series of habits that I'd go go through and do, I don't even write brush my teeth, but I know I do it just because I do it whenever I'm triggered and I'm usually triggered in the morning. Mm, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Cause like from a sort of efficiency point of view to me, like if you go to bed and then as part of your evening ritual, one of the things you do is brush your teeth. Then at least in my head, it wouldn't make any sense to brush your teeth first thing in the morning because your, your teeth are technically clean. I think I'm not a dentist. Yeah. So I don't hundred percent know. 
So that's why I brush my teeth after, after I eat breakfast. So it's like, in my mind, it's kind of like, okay, I woke up, do my thing, eat, eat some food. My teeth are dirty. Okay. Let's then brush my teeth and then start working. I guess that makes sense in my head, but I think it's yours one is of more those questions. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just a matter of uh, what happens. Yeah, it's just one of those, uh, you know, angel questions of before and after. It's the same thing, like, do you flush your teeth before and after you eat? It's like, I think after it makes the most sense, or mouthwash before or after, I don't know. But yeah. whatever floats your butt, as long as you do it, I think that's the most important thing. Well, maybe with this one, I'm not following rituals, at least the system to a T, because I'm a little vague. I just realized that I just do that, and there's no real reason behind it. There's no real why. It's just I, it, I've i done it for a long time, so I, I happen to do it. And that's another big difference. We're talking about the differences between habits and rituals is habits tend to be a lot more vague, while rituals tend to be specific. So an example would be in the beginning of the year in January, it's like, I want to work out more, where as opposed to doing a routine like we do is we or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going to do a specific routine um, at a specific time. Uh, for example, you do the five by five weightlifting and I do the insanity workouts, which I'm actually just tweaking a little bit right now. But um, we have we, we just do it and, and it's laid out and it's written and it's very clear. So if we don't do it, it's obvious where habits, if you don't do it, maybe you miss it once or twice, you might not notice because you're like, well, I, I worked out Tuesday, so I'm still working out more than not working out at all. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the main thing. And that's sort of the main issue I have with habits is just the fact that they're so vague. And like you just mentioned, like just saying to yourself, I'm going, I'm going to exercise more. It doesn't really help me in my mind actually exercise more. It's just, it's really just an intention. And the intention is good, but just because you have a good intention doesn't mean that it's actually going to help you take action. And that's why I always tell people like ambiguity is like the arch enemy of action. You always want to make sure that you are super, super, super specific with whatever you want to do, right? So for example, if I told you, hey, buddy, I'm going to work out more, you kind of know what that means. But to me, that is still super, super vague. Does that mean I'm going to work out once a week, twice a week, three times a week? What exactly am I going to do? Is that yoga? Is that walking more? Um, it's just too vague. And so you just want to get more specific. And I think that's why rituals are more powerful and different in that sense. And, and when you make things more specific, you are more likely to follow it because there's just no room for ambiguity. So for example, instead of saying, Hey, buddy, I'm going to work out more. You would say, hey, uh, I'm planning to work out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right? So that's a little bit more specific. But you can even get more specific and say, I'm going to work out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for one hour at 7 a.m. in the morning. I'm going to follow this 5 by 5 program or this insanity program for just one hour. And if you want to get even more specific, you go into, okay, the night before, I'm going to get my you know, gym bag ready. I'm going to get my clothes ready. And so as you can tell, like as I get more specific with my stuff and with the routine and the, and the ritual itself, the better you are off. And also the more specific you are, the easier it is to visualize what you're going to do. 
And that's, I think, one of the sort of like side benefits of being specific is that you can sort of picture yourself actually doing something because it's it's there. Like you can see your gym back right in front of you. You can see the clothes. You can see the schedule on your calendar. You can see the duration of the events. You can see yourself going to the gym because you know where it is. You can see yourself, the weights lifting. Um, and so I think that's one of the things I haven't really talked a lot about on any of the podcasts or on the blog, but that's it's sort of extremely powerful side benefit is just being able to see yourself visualizing yourself doing it because it's so specific. That's a really good point. It's so much easier to do something if you feel like you know exactly the next steps to do. That's why things that you've done a million times before, it's easy to repeat. And when you're starting a new project or things get hard and, and you're not sure what to do next, that it's, it's really easy to procrastinate or do something else. I, th- I think the other point of why being specific is so helpful is it just takes a rid of all of the wiggle room. You know, if you just to go back to the workout example, say, I'm going to work out more and it's Tuesday and you ask me, hey, Zach, did you work out today? It's like, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm planning on working out later this week. Maybe Thursday you asked me, are you working out? I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit, hit the gym on the weekend. Um, I'm going to make up for it there. I'm going to do two hours or something like that. Where if I said, just like you said in your example, Monday at 7 a.m., if I'm not in the gym at Monday at 7 a.m., I'm not doing it. You know, that, and, and it's, I've, I've failed I, or, I, you know, I haven't gone through with my intention. And it's really obvious to me and it's really obvious to anybody else who knows about that intention. So getting rid of that wiggle room, I think, is another way that being specific helps you take the action to get the results that you're looking for. Oh, yeah. And another thing you can add to that is to create a backup plan. So one of the things I always create for any sort of new ritual I want to build is a backup plan. So what I mean with that is what happens if I fail at showing up for this ritual? Right. So for example, if I fail at showing up for my workout on Monday, then that means I have to make up for it the next day at the same time. That's just sort of a backup plan. So another another example is if I forget to floss for one night, I have to floss twice the next day in order to catch up on that. So there's there's all these little things you can do, but again, it goes back to just being super, super specific. And so part of that comes down to, you know, writing stuff down, which <laughs> I think you and I and Mike have talked about many, many times on why that's important. And if you're a GTD follower, you're probably familiar with David Allen talking about this all the time. And if something is repeat it over and over and over again, there's probably some merit to it. So writing stuff down helps with that. And the other thing I want to say when it comes to specificity is that when you do make things more specific and you write it down, you you have more of a belief in what you can do. Because if you can, and that's kind of like the cornerstone of just taking action in general, is that you must have I don't want to say the word confidence, but at least have the belief that you can do it, right? You can always, like, one of the things we're super, super good at is lying to ourselves and sort of rationalize why we do certain things or don't don't do certain things, right? So if you're super vague and you can, you say to yourself, well, I'm going to work out more, you know, what, <laughs> like, in what time frame is that? Does that mean you worked out, you know, three times in one month? 
and the previous month you didn't do that. Yeah, technically you did work out more, but uh, you know, you're still kidding yourself in a lot of ways, right? And you're cheating yourself on what you really want to do. And so if you if you get really, really specific, not only can you not really cheat yourself, but also you build that belief in yourself that you can actually do this. Because if you can realistically set something up and believe that you can actually work out on a Monday, work out on a Wednesday, work out on a Friday, on that specific time, let's say 7 a.m., and that's something that's realistic, then again, that increases the likelihood that you actually do it. So just getting specific and writing it down just creates all these like side benefits that might not seem so obvious, but the more you do it, the more you start to realize, oh yeah, like I have to be specific. Otherwise it just doesn't get done. Yeah, that's great. And I feel like one area here that would help with both the lying to yourself and the belief is tracking. So with a piece of paper, a calendar, a, a, a tracker in your phone, there's a million habit trackers on, on the uh, iTunes and, and Google Play Store these days. Tracking it just gives you the proof. So if you've been doing it, you'll believe, oh man, this is something I have been proven to, to do for the last few weeks or few months and I'm doing well. Um, or it shows that okay, well, I tracked it and I have been doing it, so I can't lie to myself. I, I, the proof is there right now that um, that it wasn't done according to the specificities that, that you set up earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, totally agree. So do you want to get into the third difference? Yeah, I feel like this one is, is kind of the meteor of the one. Why don't you, you take off with it? Sure, so the third difference between a habit and a ritual in my opinion, is that a habit doesn't really follow a system versus a ritual does. And it just happens to be that we created the the ritual system. So another way to look at it is that when you just want to implement a habit, then oftentimes because it's vague, because it's so singular focus, and you don't really have an action plan, you tend to rely really on willpower and sort of guesses and, and a little bit of luck along the way to to keep it going right so if you want to pick up the habit of flossing that's relatively easy because it's so simple to do at least i hope so but when it comes to for example uh regularly planning your day or having an evening ritual ready then you can all you can do all these things but if you just have the intention of doing that and you don't really have a step-by-step plan for it or a system for it then you can have all the intention in the world, but if you don't know what to do and how to do it, then it's kind of like you know, you're setting yourself up for failure almost. And so you don't want to rely on willpower. You don't want to rely on any sort of guesswork. What if you can just follow a plan that's step-by-step step and really easy to follow? Wouldn't that be so much easier? And so the analogy I give uh, to people all the time is like, think of it this way. If you have two friends, let's say we have uh, Emily and we have John, and and you both want them to be a little bit more productive, what do you think is going to be more effective, right? You can tell Emily and and tell her, hey, uh, you should use a to-do list and you should write stuff down. And uh, once you do put together your to-do list, you should just, you know, work at a one thing at a time. Now, that sounds like pretty good advice, right? Like write write down a to-do list, work on one thing at a time, and you're good to go. 
nothing wrong with that. And that's probably something most people should probably do, right? Now, if I go to John and I say, hey, buddy, uh, I want you to be more productive. Now, here's one thing that you should do or should consider doing is following the GTD framework or the GTD system, right? So you use a to-do list. Uh, it will show you exactly the five phases, what you need to do in each phase and how you will do it. Now, who do you think is going to be more productive, Emily or John? Now, in this case, I'm going to guess it's going to be John be- just because he has a step-by-step system that he can follow, even though the advice for Emily was very good. You know, it's, it's, it's valid advice. It's a good piece of advice, but it's not as foolproof. It's not as easy uh, compared to the system that John is following because he knows exactly the five steps to GTD. He knows he needs to do a review. You know, he needs to capture stuff. He know, he needs to review stuff, uh, organize it and, and so on. And so it's the same thing with habits versus rituals, right? Habits is kind of like random pieces of advice strung together versus like a ritual, which is like kind of a step-by-step plan that you can follow without even thinking about it. And you know, it's proven to work. Yeah. I think it's a really good point you make about willpower is if you have a step-by-step plan, all you have to do is go through, all right, step one, you know, step two, step three, and those small little steps make it, makes it easier for you to get the whole thing done. Sort of like the solar flaring idea, which I don't think we've talked a lot about on the podcast, but what the idea is, is in the sun and all the stars in the universe that there's a thing that happens called a solar flare. And it starts with just a few little electrons bumping up against each other and then eventually collides and cascades and it it makes this huge eruption on the surface of the star that's the equivalent of can't remember how many tons. I think it was 2 million tons of TNT exploding simultaneously in one spot. So that cool cosmic event is the same idea behind solar flaring is if you just do one little thing, it'll cascade into others and to others and to others. And all of a sudden you're taking action. So if you just start writing an article for two minutes, then, then you'll get 25 minutes and then you'll have a page and then you'll have uh, have a whole article written or same with a bigger project like a, a book or um, or starting a business. It's just getting started often is the hardest part. So you don't need to rely on your willpower. Then it's just something that you expect and you do. So you in that way, the system makes it so you're not having to decide each time, oh, am I going to do this today or am I not going to do this today? If you take the decision out of it, then it's one less thought. It's one less little um, drop of willpower that you need to use. And, you know, frankly, it, it's not unlimited. Sometimes a few people, it seems like it is, but, uh, but for most of us, you're usually drained by early afternoon and don't need to be making any extra decisions. If your willpower is low, you're going to say no. You're going to say like, Oh, well, F it. I'm going to have that cookie or nah, I don't need to do a workout today. I, I've already worked pretty hard. Yeah, that's why I never want to rely on willpower because it's so fleeting and you just can't really rely on it. It's kind of like that friend that you have in life that sometimes is awesome, but sometimes doesn't show up for the things you uh, both committed to. And you're just like, man, you know, this person shows up 50% of the time. Well, it's the same thing with willpower. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not, but when it comes to like building something that you want to, that you want to last for a long time, then you kind of need something that is kind of like foolproof and shows up for the most part. 
And you definitely don't want to rely on willpower for that reason. So that's why following a simple blueprint, like a step-by-step plan, takes it takes all the thinking out of it, right? You just don't rely on thinking about it anymore. It's just like, okay, step one doesn't take a lot of effort. Step two doesn't take a lot of effort. You just follow it. And before you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you get into the solar flare and then you're good to go. And that's why like uh, when we created the rituals course, we really wanted to make sure that every ritual that we discussed, which are the seven rituals in there, that they have a simple step-by-step plan that you can follow. So anytime you're tired, uh, you you just don't feel like doing it or for whatever excuse you might have, it's pretty much out the window because all you have to do is just follow the first step. And once you follow the first step, as you mentioned, Zach, like that solar flare starts to kick in and then before you know it, you're you're done and you're good to go. Right, And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to second guess it. You just know that if you follow this step by step, you're good. Now, the only thing we sort of realized when we're uh, promoting rituals and and getting people enrolled is that sometimes people just don't want to go through the whole program, which is uh, I I found very, very interesting because some people just want to learn how to pick up one particular habit. They just want to learn how to floss consistently or they just want to learn how to read more books consistently. And so for that reason, that's why we created the Habits Crash Course, which shows you how to implement just one simple habit in your life. And I think uh, we did a really good job doing that. And especially your video, Zach, where you talk about the chest uh, origin story. I thought that was really uh, cool and a, and a good analogy. Um, so for people who are listening who are already in, inside the course, you you know what, what we're talking about. For those who aren't in there, you know, you'll have to figure out what that means. But <laughs> maybe you want to talk about that a little bit, Zach? Yeah, the analogy with the chessboard had to do with the compound effect. And it's it's surprising how taking small, consistent action could really add up over time. And it adds up rather than a, a linear path. You think, okay, well, I do one workout and two, and then after 30 workouts, it equals so much, or, um, or working on a, a, you know, a business project, or reading, or learning, or uh, having structure to your day, or, or always getting enough rest. But actually, it's got more of a compound effect. It's more of a geometric growth that you have. And the story, am I allowed to tell the story or are we do we have to save it? <laughs> I guess you can give the gist of it. Okay. The gist of the story, I won't tell the, the ending, I suppose. Uh, but the gist of the story is, uh, is if you take all the squares on a chessboard and you put a single grain of rice in the upper left-hand corner um, and then two in the next one, and then four in the next one, and then eight in the next one, and keep doubling, you'll have a you'll have silos full of rice by the end when you would maybe expect to have, I don't know, a bag of rice because chessboard's not that big and you're doubling it every time. So eight and then and, uh, 16 and 32. I mean, 32 grains of rice is still not very much, but by the, the last couple, uh, the, the compound effect takes hold and you are super healthy, or you are incredibly knowledgeable, or you have a successful business, or you are just ripped. Uh, so that's that's kind of the idea behind creating these little habits, or if you want to expand them out, these full-blown rituals, which is a constellation of habits in your in your life. 
Yeah, so we pretty much covered the three main differences, which is the first one is habit is very singular focus versus a ritual can encompass multiple. The second one is habits tend to be a little bit vague versus rituals who tend to be or which tend to be a little bit more specific. And then the last one is habits don't really have a system, but rituals do, which we sort of like curated as part of the course. So if you're interested in checking out any of these, we will have the links in the show notes. But I hope that sort of clarifies uh, to people what the differences are between a habit and a ritual. All right. If anyone asks, now I get to just send them to this podcast episode. Nice. <laughs> exactly. That's one of the reasons I was so motivated to create this podcast episode because I get this question all the time. And I think we did a good job today explaining the difference. Yeah. Well, thank you for for coming on and talking to me this rainy afternoon. Even though you got up late, you still did your rituals. I, I still did mine and we'll connect uh, later today. Sounds good, buddy. I hope you enjoyed that episode. That was a fun conversation I had with Tanner, distinguishing the differences between rituals and habits. So hopefully now that answers that question very clearly. As I mentioned at the beginning, we recently announced a giveaway to our podcast email subscribers to celebrate reaching 1 million downloads. To enter, all you had to do was leave us a review on iTunes on how the Productivity Show has helped you. If you aren't subscribed and you want to make sure you don't miss out on special announcements like this in the future, make sure to visit the show notes page at theproductivityshow.com forward slash 84 and click the link to subscribe. For this round, we are giving away one year of the AE Dojo, a $348 value at $29 a month, a Jaybird X2 Bluetooth headphones, $180 value, and five Pocket Cast apps. They're $5 each, and that's what I listen to podcasts on. Pocket Cast is a great app for listening to podcasts. The winners are Proteus Factor, and he said not to be melodramatic, but after finding the show, I changed a lot in my life and my work. It helped me get out of a dead-end job and into my dream job that I start tomorrow. A job I didn't even know I wanted until I did my manifesto and found my why. Thank you so much, Zach, and everyone at the AE team. The second prize goes to Daniel W. Robertson. He wins the Jaybird Bluetooth headphones, and he had other nice things to say, which I won't repeat. I said this in the last uh, episode, so if you guys listened to the episode 83, you, you heard the nice testimonial that uh, Daniel had to say. The other winners are Fit No Work, ICP543, DSKER42, Robert ITIGHE, and Thomas TSAI92. So those are your iTunes names. Some are readable, some are <laughs> less so. So please email us at podcast at asianefficiency.com. Note that additional verification may be required to claim your prizes. And thanks again to everyone who helped make the productivity show such a success. And we look forward to speaking with you next Productive Monday. Productive Monday.